0: Welcome to this week's episode of Make the Connection. I'm Kelly and I'm the social media manager for JHL. I create and manage all social media content and platforms for our various clients. Jennifer, thank you for having me here today. Thanks for being with me. As we both know, we live in a world where social media has become a necessity. Social media is an essential piece of any marketing strategy and allows connection with an audience, increases brand or mission awareness, and elevates visibility for sponsor relationship and strategic partnerships. Let's dive into how to stay connected with the ever-changing world of social media. Do you advise each of our clients to have a social media presence and why?
1: Yes. So let me back up to the beginning of your question, which was, you know, you said we both know that social media is a necessity. And we do both know that. I think what's interesting about a lot of our clients, uh, and frankly, whether it's a public affairs related client or a event related client, is I don't know that everyone understands the necessity of social media yet, even it's almost 2020, Um, even in 2019. So I actually think that one of the most important things is just people being willing to understand that social media engagement and a presence, a digital presence, it's uh, very thoughtfully curated. It's not about you, right? So what I hear people say is, well, you know, I mean, our board already knows us and, you know, our staff loves us or whatever – it's, it's not about you. And so the necessity part about social media that I think is maybe different than other parts of business is social media is something that you're building and creating uh, for the world to be able to understand and engage with you and see you for who you are or who you present yourself to be. So I think the idea that it's a necessity is, you know, as easy as the idea of us breathing oxygen to those of us who are living in this in this space and working in it every day, I think it's a slow evolution in a lot of business environments, uh, understanding the real importance of engagement, especially uh, businesses that are business to consumer, uh, you know, get it, I think already, but I think businesses that are business to business or uh, nonprofit or, or political engagement, I think that's been a slower evolution. So it's interesting. Um, to me. So what advice do I have to our clients is y- you have to have a presence. And, you know, if you're not telling your story, nobody else is. And, you know, the old rule is never make your friends rely on the media. Well, now the power of social media is you, you don't have to have the media at all to tell a story. You can build the brand of who you are, who you're connected to, sponsors, board members, celebrity endorsers, whatever that might be, grassroots in a political space, all through a digital engagement strategy, uh, all from, you know, sitting behind a computer versus having to go out and court the media and hope they write the story the way you want it. So I think it's an absolute necessity. And what we tell our clients is it's a tool. And so use it.
0: So going off of, you know, making sure all of our clients have a social media presence, how do you recommend to those organizations how to staff for social media engagement?
1: So I think staffing for digital engagement is, uh, it it depends, right? Depends on the client, depends on what they're trying to achieve. It is no longer acceptable that this is the intern's part-time role at any organization. So, you know, what I tell our clients is you guys either need to have somebody that wakes up every single day internally thinking about uh, engaging in social media, monitoring what people are saying back to you on social media. Um, responding. If there's criticisms or critiques or things that are better left uh, handled offline, then take that conversation offline. But you've got to be alert and paying attention online to even know it. Uh, And so if you can't do that internally with with a staff member, then you need to outsource it and hire somebody who can do it. So, you know, we certainly do that. You do that. Uh, at JHL for some of our clients. And it's just like when I started my business, people used to say, oh, man, I, I know I need a website, but they're like $10,000. And I just I don't have $10,000 create a website. I think people are still in their head think that engaging in the social media space has to be, you know, 10s of 1000s of dollars, and they don't understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be you can you can be thoughtful about it, do organic content, Um, and and really not have to spend a ton of money. But you can't staff it with interns. You can't turn it on and turn it off. You can't um, build it up and let it go. It is something that you must curate what's happening, and then you must continue to curate what's happening. And that's why it has to be a key member of your staff or a key member of a consulting team you're working with, because they have to understand the intricacies of your business or your nonprofit or your political effort so that they can make sure to be paying attention to the nuances of what what content's being posted, when, how they're connecting to a sponsor or whatever uh, in a very thoughtful way.
0: So going off, um, you mentioned sponsors. So social media is a great way to engage those sponsors, um, a target audience, and raise awareness for the mission, if it is a nonprofit. What kind of content should nonprofits be sharing? And what does strong and engaging content look like?
1: Well, it's a great question. So what I hear a lot from sponsors, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the nonprofit side of things, what we hear a lot from sponsors is, you know, don't just put my logo on a sponsor board that's not valuable to me. You know, I don't get anything out of that. Don't just stick my logo on a program at an event. That's one and done. It's a finite set of eyes. It's one moment in time. It may or may not be seen and it gets thrown away. So sponsors, you know, sponsorship dollars are ever more competitive to get, to recruit, and then to retain. So just because someone sponsors, you know, once doesn't mean they remain engaged with an organization. Social media puts the power in your hands and a nonprofit's hands to create a relationship, which I use kind of in air quotes, with a sponsor in a space where they can get uh, recognition in an amplified way. So, sure, create a host board and put it up at an event. Of course, list them in the program. But what are you doing to connect with them on social media? Maybe you are doing a thank you, shout out. Maybe you have a client, uh, you know, that maybe your nonprofit serves and that client goes by and visits with the leadership at that corporate headquarters. Take those pictures, show that leadership engaging with your client, put that on your social media. So really curating that content to think through, you know, it's do unto others as you would have others do unto you, which you know, frankly works pretty well across most of life. Uh, It's the same is true here. So if you're a sponsor and you wanna see that connection and that engagement, then you wanna see it in a really organic way. Again, don't just be like, thank you to so-and-so with a logo, but you know, take it one step further. Um, and then the the beauty of, of social media is you can do it more than once. It doesn't cost you a ton of money. And what begins to happen is you begin to see the sponsor share that content. Now they've connected themselves to you, your mission. They're helping amplify your story. So um, it's a snowball effect in a positive way if you're if you're thoughtful about how to do it. So as it relates to what kind of content to be sharing you know what we work on internally at JHL and what we talk to our clients is it's a balance some of it needs to be very fact based right no this is something you should know here's something happening in our society and why this organization is a part of the solution for example So that's kind of thought leader content. And some of that is good. But nobody wants to be lectured to all the time. So, you know, you've got to have a little bit of a balance between that. And then maybe it's uh, humanizing an organization. You know, something that I've seen on our own, JHL social media is when we do a meet Kelly, she's a team member, and she manages our digital and social media, we get great engagement off of that. When we do a you know, here's Jennifer and Jessica ringing the bell because we just hit a big milestone. We get great engagement off that because it's the human side of us. And people are interested in the story. Everything is about the story and, and you can tell that story. You can build that story. So I think you can humanize your own leadership. I think you can recognize, you know, your sponsorship. And then I think you can find a way to distinguish yourself as an opinion leader, as a thought leader in a space where you need to be a thought leader that makes people want to be invested in you. So, um, so you can do all that if you're very thoughtful about layering out a content calendar and what you want to see done and how you want to see it done.
0: Any organization is going to have a variety of followers on their social channels, um, whether it's clients, employees, board members, sponsors, or even competitors. So how does an organization proactively recruit the audience they want? And do you have any advice on best practices to grow your digital reach?
1: There's lots of different ways to go about it. Budget, of course, um, is often something to think about. But if, if there is budget and there's a willingness to spend some money, then you can, you know, take all sorts of different lists of contacts, whether it's board, former board, donors, um, maybe community partners, volunteer lists, whatever. Uh, and you can build an audience and build what they call is look lookalike audience and really, you know, reach them in a, in a faster way than just sort of organically hoping folks see you out there. Another way to build an audience is to be active. So it's not about turning on a social media page, popping up a post and (laughs) letting it go, but it's about engaging with those who you want to engage back with you. So that, again, going back to that staffing, that's somebody that understands the vision of who are we trying to connect with? What is the message we're trying to communicate? How are we going to do that? Then that person sitting there With that knowledge in their noggin, and they're making those connections and building those audiences. So it's about engaging, especially Twitter. You know, it's about engaging, retweeting, connecting back, commenting back, those kinds of things. And then, you know, other platforms, depending on which platform, maybe it's about building and curating those lists. And then you have to keep them. So you can't just go out and kind of, again, going back to content, content is king. So you can't you can't simply recruit them to like your page and then kind of let it go. What you want to be doing is recruiting them and then and then engaging with them. And something I also want to talk about is quality versus quantity in likes. Um, you know, I, it's interesting to me. We'll have people say, "Well, but so and so has four thousand followers," and you know, w- you and I will look at it and they will not have had any engagement on any post. So it just means it's you know bots out there or, you know, paid like clicks out there that make people feel good because they see big numbers and it feels good, but it's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, understanding the quality versus quantity uh, is also important. I think that What I see happen, and I see it whether it's in a political space or a nonprofit space, but what I see happen, and I'll speak on the political side, is, you know, uh, we'll work in coordination with a lobby team uh, on any given effort. Lobby team will walk into a legislator. This is a big issue. This is an important issue. A lot of people are concerned about this issue, and here's an organization, you know, I work on behalf of XYZ Association, and they've got a lot of people concerned about it. And so that member and those staff who are ever younger, right, every day the staff in the Capitol is getting younger and younger, they'll go to that organization's social media, and that organization will have 30 people following instead of 3,000 or 30,000. And instantly, that lobbyist and their the point that they're trying to drive home in the face-to-face meeting, it instantly is diluted because perception's reality. And so if they go out and say, "Boy, a lot of people are worried about this, and a lot of people care about this. And then, you know the staff aren't stupid. They're going to go do their own research. They go online and look at their own digital, you know or you know social media spaces, and they see nothing. They see no engagement. They see nobody engaging. They see you know, few likes, very few engagements. You know, they're not dumb and they realize that maybe it's not that big of a deal. So, you know, I think that's perception's reality and I think that's why it's really important to recruit, retain, and engage with an audience and then can, that's why you can't turn it on and off, because just because the legislative session's over doesn't mean you're not going to need that base of support again. And, and with the start-stop, you know, the, the audience has, a, just like I said, sponsors have a lot of opportunities to sponsor lots of different things. We all have a lot of opportunities to follow and engage on different con, con, content in the social media space. So if somebody kind of drops the issue and, and drops the engagement with us, recruiting us back... It's going to be twice as hard. So it's really um, it's really quite wasteful. It's it's something that has to be curated and then continually curated. On the other side of the coin, you know, as it comes to quality and quality versus quantity, you definitely, especially again, going back to a political space, but you want to make sure you have authentic people who are engaging in your content and not just likes for the sake of likes, because uh, without that without that engagement, y- you can. You know, people can see through that, and they and they know better. But I'll give a great example of how digital can be so powerful in this political age. And here in Texas, you know, not this session, but last session, we worked with a client. The lobby team did an unbelievably great job. They got a piece of legislation passed. Uh, it was related to patients and healthcare. And it came down to the wire. The the bill passed. It gets sent to the governor's desk. And all of a sudden, we got a call. And the lobby team said, we're hearing rumors that there's a chance there could be a veto. And so it's summer. It's June. People have left town. From a grassroots perspective, you know, the grassroots, even the grass tops, they understand some of the sausage making of the political process, but they become somewhat disengaged we were able very quickly very succinctly to to because we had remained connected with that audience and let them know you know what was happening throughout we were able to immediately activate and say you know it's time to thank Senator so-and-so or Representative so-and-so for their leadership and call on Governor Abbott to please go ahead and sign that legislation. You know, we need it. And we were able to very quickly activate the grassroots through the social media space and encourage the governor to go ahead and sign that legislation and counteract any pressure he was getting from the other side. And we were successful. And uh, it, was, it was not expensive to do, but it, because we had been thoughtful about building and engaging in that audience throughout, we had them there when we needed them, and, and it made all the
0: difference. So you touched on this a little bit with the last question, but in addition to, you know, the regularly scheduled content about the mission, nonprofits are also promoting their events throughout the year. So how do you suggest that they balance various messaging priorities into the overall marketing strategy for the entire year?
1: Well, it's tough, right? Because it's not one size fits all, and you know maybe they have an event that is designed to attract a grassroots base, and it's a lower dollar event. Then they have a higher dollar event. That's where they really need to make all their money. Uh, then they want to articulate their mission. I think the most important thing that can happen is to literally lay out a content calendar, working backwards from when things need to happen. So, you know, we've got an event in February, we want to be sold out by the end of, you know, December. With that, we need to launch the sponsorship sales by October, whatever, really working hand in hand with the event planning team and the leadership of the organization to understand those key deadlines so that they can lead into uh, that content creation by understanding the end goal around an event. Once you do that and you understand the timeline and the goals that need to be achieved toward any specific hard deadline, then you can layer on top of that, okay, are you going to have sponsor recognition posts? How many sponsors do you anticipate recruiting at a level where they get a social media post and how many posts are you giving per sponsor? Um, are any of those thank you posts or are they all pre-event? Again, just sitting down and working in unison to understand that will allow you to then create that content calendar so that you can look up and say, oh man, we're going to be pretty sponsor heavy here at the end. We better think about that. How do we add some variety to what we're doing? Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of thought but but that's what it looks like. And then, again, nobody wants to see all sponsor recognition and nobody wants to see all, you know, somebody lecturing them about what an opinion leader they are or, you know, thought leader they are on any subject. So that laying that out and understanding those hard deadlines allows you to then come in and say, OK, where can we do a softer touch? Where can we layer in something else? You know, where can we layer in an article maybe, um, you know, or come back to mission, whatever. Um, But I think by starting with the hard deadlines, by the knowns, start with the knowns, then you can layer in some of the softer and add that variety. But it is difficult. Again, it goes back to why it's so important to staff it appropriately and why it can't be the intern on Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever.
0: Definitely. So every event is different, but a major component is sponsor recognition. And as you mentioned earlier today, that's all in the digital. Um, So what advice do you have for incorporating those sponsors and investors into an event's social media content?
1: Yeah, let me say this. So especially corporate sponsors, they're looking for engagement, too. So if you can become a resource so that their marketing team or their community affairs team can see your nonprofit as a partner to help them build the brand of who they want to be, in the community by being connected to you, then that's a win-win for both of you. And so beyond just a post or a thank you or a logo, there's other things you can do. So for example, does your organization have a blog or a newsletter or a podcast or something like that where you could go to a sponsor's marketing team and say, we're going to be doing a newsletter on community engagement by corporate leaders and how it impacts people uh, Team longevity, you know, or employee happiness. Would you guys like to be featured in that publication? That's an opportunity that most corporations would absolutely love. And so you can say, you know, look, you've been a good sponsor to us. We'll help, we'll work with you. You can help us write the content. And then we'll push it out and say, you know, me, our partner, so and so. Not only are they a great corporate partner to us from a sponsorship perspective, but here's how they use that community engagement to impact their employees. Then you're posting that on your social. They're posting that on their social. Their employees are engaging with that because that's about them. And again, it's just that snowball effect. So I think being really smart about approaching and talking to your sponsors about what is going to be most valuable to them. You know, no assumptions. uh, Assuming is, you know, a very bad word. So no assuming. But having a conversation with what makes most sense to them will, in turn, let them see the most value in you.
0: Consistency is key. We always encourage our clients to maintain the same hashtags and branding leading up to the event. But it's just as important to be active and consistent during the event. What two or three pieces of advice do you have for digital engagement on site? And also, how can hashtags or other tactics benefit the organization's social media platforms? So on-site is an interesting question. You know, I had this conversation
1: a week or two ago at Art of the Gala when we had the gentleman from UT Athletics over, and they were talking about, you know, creating Bevo Boulevard and Longhorn City Limits. And I said, you know, how important is it to be paying attention to social media throughout the day when you have an event going on? And, um, you know, the answer is critical critical you know gone are the days where somebody says hey Kelly I noticed the bathroom's out of toilet paper you know now they say hey at Kelly JHL you know this event's terrible at ACL there's no toilet paper in the bathroom right I mean nobody just is civil about these things anymore so everything from you know toilet paper in the bathroom to you know we had this is a real- life example we had a client at their event in the middle of their gala biggest fundraiser of the year um, they' Their video, their mission video playing in front of a room full of people, and a member of the audience took offense to what they saw in the video and tweeted about it instead of reaching out to a staff member, getting up and coming to the registration table and talking about that to somebody. The person in the audience, 500 people in the room, events in the middle of the event, staff is all hands on deck with the event. And thank goodness that client had someone monitoring social media and they saw that tweet and so they came to me and said what do we do I said that's a conversation for offline so they responded back and said you know thank you for bringing this to our attention we look forward to discussing it with you in person and so they immediately were able to handle that and move it offline now if they had not had someone paying specific attention to what was happening in that digital space you know that could have snowballed that person's opinion could have you know been amplified by other people so it was an opportunity where things could have gone really bad um they they handled it and, it and it turned out to be just fine. That the piece of advice I have within that story is not just to have someone monitoring the social media, but it's also to have someone monitoring. Again, this is not the intern's job. Um, have someone monitoring that social media that has the ability to understand the level of uh, escalation of what's just happened. So that person, in, for in this example, sent that tweet. That person had like 12 people following them on Twitter. So had the organization overreacted, you know, they could have created their own problem. So by simply immediately moving it offline, finding that person in the audience and dealing with it, you know, it, it was handled, but it's also important to have somebody that understands, like, is this a person with 12 people following them on Twitter? Don't panic, just go handle it. But, but having that, that, um, crisis communication, if you will, or, or at least that immediate attention strategy in place for an event is absolutely critical. Now, let's talk about the other side, right? The happy side of social media. The happy side of social media is um, people want what other people want. So you can use social media to create FOMO and build something that to the outside world looks amazing. And so what I have seen happen often is, you know, beautiful pictures and people laughing and people are engaged and great looking wine and, you know, oh, that music looks fun. And so you're putting these beautiful images out and and connecting, you know, throughout an event in real time. And people that aren't there are going, oh, man, I got to be there next year. Oh, I was so sad to miss it. And they're watching what's happening. And you're creating that FOMO so that when the organization goes out to start selling for next year. You know, they've got that engagement. The other thing they can do is take that engagement and report it back to their sponsors. You know, here's another measure of success we're able to show you for the dollars you invested. Not only do you invest your dollars in us, we're able to achieve our goal as an organization by your funding, but you invest your dollars in us. And here's the amplification that happened through the social media space. So so very, very important. And from the positive perspective to build and create that FOMO, build and create those Instagram moments, build and create... Um, you know, tell your audience how to engage with you on social. Don't make your social handles a secret. Don't make your hashtag a secret. Put it out there so people, and encourage people to, to use it and to engage with you in a social space. And then on the other side, bad things will happen. Um, you know, everyone's human. But if you ha- if you handle them quickly and, and swiftly, then often, you know, you can de-escalate a situation. But you can't do that if you're not watching it. So, you know, you ask about hashtags and branding, Leading into an event, I think consistency is key. I see this changing, but I do still sometimes see people kind of like overly hashtagging because they think it's funny or whatever, and that's fine. Um, But the reality is if you're looking to create something that you can make trend uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever, then you've got to build up the, the brand identity of that hashtag with you or with your event. So consistency is key and continuing, you know, as an organization to use it, continuing it as an organization to put it in front of your attendees, your sponsors, your board, ex- your volunteers, et cetera, uh, is very important.